Last we spoke, I told you I met someone. And that phrase just lights you up, doesn't it? When your friend opens with that, you know there's a great story coming. Pretty safe to say the infatuation was instant. At a friend's wedding late in June is where we met. We hit it off pretty much instantly with great banter, flirtation, and just got a really good initial chemistry. Our night was cut short by her dancing barefoot and cutting her toe open on a piece of glass. Previously securing her number, I made sure she was okay, and we went our separate ways at the end of the night. Usually I don't put too much stock on text response time because most people are trash at it. (laughs) But for some reason this time around was a bit different. Chatting with her became the best part of my day. And we met, as my witty friends wrote in their wedding invitation, as all modern couples do, swiping on an app. I did six months of inner work and manifested the perfect person. The end. If only it were that kind of story. No. The perfect person part actually is true. It just wasn't exactly a happy ending. Thanks to me. I'm Riley, and you're listening to Everything But Love, a story about the year I spent falling in love or trying to figure out how. Listen in on the uncomfortable questions I ask myself and others about what it means to be truly ready for love and at peace in its pursuit. So who was this guy? Let's call him John Doe. Because he was a bit of a victim in the story. He was really well-intentioned. And he had no clue that the ending was coming so fast. But before he was a memory, he was a reflection of all the things that I said I wanted. You know that list you make, real or in your head, that maybe starts as a fantasy built from movies. And over time, it takes shape based on good and bad experiences that you have. And through the highs and the lows emerge this list of qualities and traits and feelings that you want to have. And the ones you don't. I didn't actually write a list for a long time. I pretended it was silly. And, you know, who actually does that? But a few too many experiences in the don't want column nudged me towards trying to get clear on the want column. Plus, it's actually an important part in the manifestation work that I was doing at the time. So here was my list. Someone smart, emotionally intelligent, really funny, calm and strong, open to experiences and other people, honest and forthcoming with their feelings, someone who takes accountability, values good relationships and growth, is fit enough, and is sure of me. And little did I know when I showed up for that first date, that all that existed in the person standing in front of me. We started going on a few more dates and like a little task rabbit, I just started checking off all these items on the list one by one until that last one, sure of me. That one just, just couldn't sit right. It got more and more uncomfortable. At first, It was great. I was swept. Of course, you know, I'm great. Of course, he sure of me. But slowly, the more sure he seemed, the more unsure I became. Now, he wasn't desperate or overbearing. He just 
texted me when he could and communicated if he couldn't, made plans, made an effort, took the lead and told me how he was feeling. And at key moments where a past relationship may have taught me that someone might pull back, he just calmly stood there and affirmed that he was interested and wanted to keep seeing where this was going. And in not so many words, he communicated, I'm not looking anywhere else. I've found what I'm looking for. The four days we spent together were perfect. Tons of laughs, intimacy, wine consumption, a terrific date night, a lot of chilling with our dog in the condo and just chatting about anything. Uh, one afternoon, we went out to my brother's lake lot for a boat ride. I was a little nervous as I gave her a heads up that my parents would be there and I figured that might be a bit much for where we were at. She clarified that she was cool with it at the end and was super courteous and talkative with my parents and sister-in-law the entire afternoon. Our last day together, I made her and myself a coffee, helped tidy up a bit, and we had a very nice reassuring moment before we parted ways to see each other eventually in Vic. Now, cue a very palpable shift in energy. All of a sudden, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Like this wave was rising inside of me. And I felt pressure in my chest. Like I could drown in my own self-doubt. How can he be so sure? Am I sure? He doesn't even know me. That's kind of the point. <laughs> he was trying. But why is he trying so hard? I was scanning for something wrong. I was looking for an out, excuses, reasons to prove him wrong, to create distance. In a recent podcast episode, relationship expert Mark Groves invited us to look at the way we relate to space and asking, are you afraid of not having enough space in a relationship or maybe having too much space? In my experiences, I've been both the space seeker and the restrictor. But the one I realize I'm most comfortable with is the seeker. The seeking feels like something better is coming. It's the dreamer, the believer, the optimist. It's me looking ahead and waiting for something better. But someone choosing me felt like the opposite. Like I was shutting that dream down and deciding right then and there, this is it. I barely knew this person, but he's so sure. And if I want to continue, then I must also have to be that sure. Or I'm just wasting his time, right? And I felt like I had to make a decision quick. After that last day, things seemed a bit distant. Realized that we both have summer plans going on and things get busy. I kept reassuring myself we'd see each other again on the island and maybe it would get us back to where we were before. A couple of days would go by without anything from her at all. And this kind of upset me a bit and, and wanted to wait it out and see if she'd get back to me. This kind of off energy carried on. And then I got the text. So I decided I was going to be the mature, emotionally intelligent, honest, communicative person that I was trying to attract. And I started pulling back. First via text. I know, okay, it was, it was really hard. I said no to the future plans he was trying to make, but then I did make an immediate plan to meet in person and tell him that I wanted to stop seeing each other and why. This is the most content I'd seen from her in a while in a message, but the key phrases stood out more than anything. Need to work on myself. It's not you, it's me. You've been great to me and I can't reciprocate and I hate that. 
I honestly can't remember what I responded with. Perhaps a cliche, all's good, I wish you the best, or I think I even tried to save face with a call me when you're ready for the real thing or something like that. And after that conversation, he thanked me for speaking to him in person, despite how uncomfortable that might have been. And that while he appreciated my words, he'd be just fine. He didn't care that much. And he's probably not talking about me on a podcast somewhere. Regardless of what it was, we were done. And we never spoke again. Ever. Now enter overthink mode. At the time when it ended, I felt huge relief. Did I love Bomber? Is there another guy? Should I have communicated earlier the things that felt off? Maybe she just isn't ready. Why'd she have to do it over text instead of waiting till we met up? Why not even a phone call? Was any of it real? Was meeting my family too much? Did the thought of a long distance freak her out? Did I text her too much at the start? At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. We were done. I felt free again. Like I was back in that daydream. Never settling for anything or anyone. Or maybe just never settling down. I think the most terrifying concept as a guy who's looking to settle down is... As real as that felt, it seemed to just flip on its head out of nowhere with no real cause or incident. That change of energy was fear. And my actions were all to feel less afraid, to find that relief. But when that relief fades, you find yourself back where you began, in a safe dream. After consulting some very fantastic friends of mine on the issue, I'm definitely on the ups. So after going out and partying with my friends, I found myself running towards someone more familiar. Someone who, don't you know it, was not so sure of me. It's a tremendous moment to express gratitude for the people who are present in your life and want to be around. But I take solace in the fact that I know what I'm willing to give to the right person and just have to find the one who's willing to receive and reciprocate. Now, to write this episode, I had to think about this time and this person quite a bit. Bring myself back there. Because if I haven't already said it, studies show that we are very poor historians of our own experience, meaning we'll color past events in our lives based on how we want to remember them right now. So here's an excerpt from a journal entry at that time to prove that I did, in fact, feel this way. Okay, the funny thing about this is I couldn't find one. I spent an hour, maybe more than an hour, pouring over every line of my old journal and I found his name mentioned one time and it wasn't even in a full sentence. I know when I said we are poor historians, I actually meant everyone else, not myself. And honestly, I considered making an entry up. But when I started this project, I decided to make a few tenants that I'd follow for each episode. And one of them was, am I telling the truth? And another one was, Am I really telling the truth? So despite the fact that this is creatively inconvenient, because I already wrote this entire episode with a totally different conclusion, I clearly was not as focused on him at the time like I thought I was. Yet months and months later, I couldn't stop thinking about this guy. This is true. And I couldn't stop thinking about why I let it go. Before I was asking, Why do I want someone that is so bad for me? And after meeting him, I started asking, why don't I want someone 
who was so right for me. So there it was. I proved I could manifest a list of qualities in a person, but I couldn't manifest the heart that was capable of accepting them. At least that's what I thought before I read back those entries. You know, what was I actually writing about at that time instead? Honestly, a lot of other things. I was having kind of a hard time. I was struggling at a new job. I was struggling to set boundaries with friends. I even lost someone very close to me. So maybe it wasn't all that simple. Maybe there wasn't just one reason. And maybe it isn't just the right person and the right feelings make something happen. It's a combination of literally everything else. And that's why it's so special when two people come together. But that doesn't stop me from thinking, maybe if I could have handled the fear, things would be different. So while there is a lot that I can do on my own, maybe I thought it was time to ask for some help. So the next date that I booked was with a therapist. This is my first podcast and creative project. So if you want to follow along and hear some behind the scenes details on what's gone into creating this, you can join my Substack, where I'll send out an email with each episode. If you'd like to send me your own love note, you can find me on Instagram at everythingbutlove. And of course, the old leave a review and subscribe feels like a virtual hug. So if you're in the mood to spread some love, do that. I'm Riley, and you've been listening to Everything But Love. Till next time.